Welcome to Rooted Parent, a podcast that aims to equip parents to think biblically about some of the most pressing and confusing issues of our day. We hope you enjoyed the first two seasons of this podcast, All About Boys with David Thomas and Sane Parenting and Insane Times with Cameron Cole and Anna Harris. In our third season entitled Ask the Experts, Anna and Cameron talk to fellow parents such as Jen Michelle, Susan and John Yates, Philip and Jasmine Holmes, and Megan Hill, all about the struggles and hardships of parenting. They share wisdom and they give practical advice. We're happy to share that we'll be publishing this podcast twice a month on the second and fourth Thursdays of each month. Rooted is a ministry focused on advancing gospel-centered youth ministry. Learn more at www.rootedministry.com. Welcome to the Rooted Parent Podcast, and this is Anna Mead Harris. I'm coming to you from the TGC conference in Indianapolis um, in April of 2021, and I'm so excited to welcome Jasmine and Philip Holmes as guests on the podcast today. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you all for being here. Um, I believe that I heard on a podcast that you guys actually met at a TGC conference. Is that correct? That's correct. All right. Can I hear the story? I'm going to let you tell it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, at the time, uh, I actually co-founded um, what's now, I think it's called The Witness, but it used to be called The Reform African American Network. I was also um, a um, admissions, admissions counselor uh, at Reform Theological Seminary. So we were at the conference primarily for those two uh, things, and I was trying to uh, get interviews uh, with various people. So um, I found, discovered Jasmine, uh, asked her for an interview. We got to know each other a little bit. Uh, I also asked her dad for an interview as well. And um, eventually... It was my interview, my articulate interview that made you fall in love with me. Yeah, she... Um, <laughs> thank it you. Was cause it was not. It was not. It was not. You no, know, she... <laughs> every Everything I asked her, she was like, you know, one sentence answers. I was like, yes. You know, <laughs> So I, I had to be really strategic um, with my uh, interview questions to make sure I wasn't giving her yes or no uh, questions. <laughs> but even then, all I would get is one sentence. So she she warmed up to me eventually. Uh, we we both left the conference probably less than interested in each other. Uh, but she's an asset because I knew she was a really good writer, and I wanted her to write for the write for our blog. So she ended up writing uh, for our blog, and that's kind of how we stayed in touch uh, over the next year. You can tell the second half. Yeah, and we both ended up in California at the same time in uh, January. Yeah, we were both doing different things. He was in LA and I was in Escondido just for like a break with a friend. And we went to, my friend was obsessed with the show Castle. So we went to. I like Castle. She (laughs) loves (laughs) Castle. So we went all, we drove three hours to LA just to like go to the Castle lot. There was nothing else there except to be on the lot. And so Philip saw, or I saw that Philip was like, rollerblading on this beach and I was like oh that's so funny I'm I'm here like on Twitter and he was like oh which we're like where are you and it ended up we were like 20 minutes away from each other so we all decided to get together and have dinner at In-N-Out yep yep In-N-Out Burger Mm -hmm. nice that was January and then we got married in October so yep well so the second time was the charm huh yes so yes so yeah wow that's well you can't forget about 
So we started talking a little bit just oh, afterwards. Oh, gosh. Why did you have to tell that part? And, <laughs> you know, I was texting her because, I mean, I'm just going to be transparent. It was seven years ago. Um, but I was actually out there getting to know another person that I That's was, why he was potentially there. interested and in. And I was, like, fresh off a breakup, which is why I was out there. Because I was like, I don't need men. I'm going to California. <laughs> like, forget this. So things, when I left California, things actually didn't end up working out. Um, and with the, with the other young lady. And uh, Jasmine and I were just texting, and she and I gave her an update on that because she was checking in. So, how are things going with Jasmine? Blah blah blah. And I was like, Oh, things are good. And I was like, Yeah, I tend to be uh, a little bit. Uh, what, what was the word I used? You said you were kind of um, abrasive. You're like I'm kind of a jerk sometimes. Yeah, I can because I'm I'm a straight shooter. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I tend to unintentionally you know, like hurt people's feelings, mm-hmm. like just because of my candidness, I guess, if you will. Um, He's still that way. Jasmine, <laughs> Jasmine hit me with this line. Um, maybe oh, you I... need someone who won't wither while you grow. <laughs> and I was like, this is my wife. Oh. I liked him when we left California. And so I was like pretending to give him advice on his relationship. But like in the background, I was like, that's not going to work. She's not the one for you. It's me. And so when he was like, it didn't work out. I was like, aw. Too bad. Sorry about that. <laughs> Let me console you. No, I'll yeah. help. <laughs> but she definitely saw it because just looking back in retrospect, like just the way that our marriage has been over the last seven years, like this was it. And it was just God's providence. I wasn't supposed to go to the TGC conference. Me neither. We both went at the last minute. A donor uh, paid uh, my way uh, at the last minute. Mm-hmm. And then just for us to end up in California at the same time, um, it wasn't, you know, maybe the smoothest uh, uh, introduction or whatever, but the, the Lord knew what he was doing because I don't think either of us probably would have moved towards each other in that way uh, unless the God, unless, unless God just kind of put us in each other's past repeatedly until yeah. we got the right. picture. Because both of us were like talking to other people over the year. Philip even set me up with somebody over over that time. Like we just no were like way. talking to other folks yeah. and yeah. just friends who work together. It's, it's almost like God was like, look, pay attention. Mm. Mm. So, yeah. But he also, it sounds like the timing had to be right like mm-hmm. he, he set right. your hearts up to be ready for each other mm-hmm. yep. when the time was right yep that's you know I, we could just end the podcast right here that, <laughs> that's the most that's such a great story and I, I just love god's goodness and then here y'all are um seven years later mm-hmm. and yep. expecting number three yep. yep on our anniversary actually or the day after yeah mm-hmm. And your anniversary is in October? It is. Yeah, October 4th. And okay. so babies do October 5th. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, well, um, I wanted to speak to y'all um, primarily, well, initially, because um, Jasmine wrote a book, for those of you who are listening, Mother to Son, Letters to a Black Boy on Identity and Hope, is a book that when I read it, uh, immediately bought four or five copies and gave them to friends. And strongly feel that this is a book yes I'm trying to support you and this third child thank you Um, so much (laughs) I I genuinely feel um, I haven't been this affected by a book uh, since I read Just Mercy probably eight or nine years ago Um, and um, and then this one hit me the the same way and I, I really feel that this is a book that everybody needs to read, whether they're married, whether they're single, because um, 
all of us are in, in some version of this position of, of having people that we love so fiercely and intensely and protectively, um, we can identify with that, that passionate love that you have for your sons. Um, but then there was also so much that I learned. Um, as a white mom of three sons, and my sons are older, they're 24, 22, and 19, and trying to raise them to be men who understand the privileges that they've had and understand that there's so much that they don't understand. This book was a window for me to, to see what your experience has been and what the experience of your sons um, will be. And I just thank you so much for this gift to the church. And I, I, I firmly believe that everybody should, should read it to get a, a vision of what you're talking about. And I, I love that it was written, um, you're allowing us to participate in conversations with your son uh, because of your love for the church. And I, I just, it's just a, a beautiful, gracious picture. And I just, I thank you. Thank you so much for that encouragement. I, I thank you. And, and I'd love for you to tell me a little bit about the process of, of writing. You know, how did it come to mind? You, you were a writer, I guess, before, it sounds like. Yes. I, so I published my first book um, in 2009. Mm-hmm. I know you did. <laughs> um, I was like 19 or 20. Um, oh, my. It's the book we don't speak of. <laughs> the book that may, must not be named no it must not be named um i was like philip i promise i married you because i love you but also changing my last name was like a huge bonus <laughs> so people don't know what to google mm, sometimes mm, mm. um but um so i'd always just been writing and had been writing a column for a little um online magazine called fathom magazine and um somebody reached out to me from IVP and was like, hey, is there anything that you would want to write? And at that time, I was kind of like, I don't know if there's anything that I want to write. Um, and so I talked to Karen Ellis, a mentor that I inherited, marrying Philip. Okay. And I think I kind of stole her from you. No, nah, we still talk. <laughs> but um, she was like, why don't you just use your inspiration? My son's name is Wynn. And only Karen can get away with corniness like that. And I was like, oh, she's like a book of letters to Wynn about something that you care about. And at the time, I was writing a lot about womanhood and um, just, like, biblical womanhood, Christian womanhood. And I just felt like I was like, no, that's not really the direction that I want to go. So I prayed about it. And um, we had just left the MLK 50, and there was so much controversy around the MLK 50. And Philip and I were just having so many conversations about – actually, I was at MLK 50 when I got the email from IVP. And so Philip and I were having like so many conversations about how to have a better conversation about race and justice and identity and everything just kind of fell together after that. Mm. Well, it's just extremely powerful. And the, the love and the affection, um, but also grounded in theology and the way that you teach him. I, I can't wait for you to write about his experience of reading this book um, someday in the future. And is there anything that you would say now would you add to like if you could add a letter or two is there is there do you think you will add more letters do you think is there something new that you would add at this point I don't think so Um, not because I don't think there's anything new that I'll ever want to say to win but I one of the ways that I cope 
with publishing a book, because it's hard to publish it and have it out there and you can't edit it, it's just out there, is that each book represents a specific moment in time, a specific moment in history, a specific moment in growth. And that's the only way I can think about it, or I'll constantly be, I'll never write again, because I'll just be wanting to have control over and edit everything. So seeing it as, like, this is this is what God was teaching me right here. And so this is a full snapshot of what he was teaching me right here. Maybe there'll be another snapshot later, but that'll be something different in this project. That's great writing advice right there. Let it go and let God do with it what he will. Hey listeners, this is Davis Lacey, podcast producer here at Rooted. Summer is a crazy time in youth ministry, and it's also the season you spend planning and ramping up the upcoming school year. We, here at Rooted, have created several things just for you as you plan your curriculum, train your volunteers, and write out your talks for the upcoming year. We've just launched two new whole school year long curriculum plans at Rooted Reservoir. One covers Genesis and Exodus, and the other covers the general epistles. Over the last year, we've heard from so many of you that these curriculum plans have saved so much time, helped you engage deeper with students, and have equipped your volunteers to lead discussion in small groups. If this would be something that would be helpful to you, we hope that you'll check out rootedreservoir.com today and download your free Philippians curriculum to get started. That's rootedreservoir.com. Check it out today. So, Philip, it sounds like the book was sort of born out of conversations, in part, between the two of you. Um, As a dad, if you were to write a book like this, not that you would change a word that she has said, but in what ways might, do you think it would be possibly different? You know, a mother's heart is going to be different and and unique from uh, a dad's heart, Um, but much of what Jasmine covered um, in this specific book um, was were completely her words and, and her thoughts. But we have, we're kind of unified in a sense um, in our vision for our family and what we uh, would like to see for our sons, as well as our vision for what we think that um, the church needs to look like or we would like to see the church looks like look like because uh, that vision is 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 born from scripture um and, and that's kind of what unifies us um you know as someone who grew up uh without his dad around i know my dad he, these days you have to make that distinction uh because you know I, I, a lot of the times i see the narrative that he probably doesn't even know who his dad is and i'm just like that's a huge difference from not growing up in the same household um and I, I realized just at an early age, well, not at, a, at an early age, I think I realized when I was in college the impact that that had on me. Um, and the, the main thing that I'm trying to instill in our boys um, is that um, I, I want to be a healthy reflection as, as best as I can of, of what a father should look like. Um, so that I don't unnecessarily distort their view of the Heavenly Father in the process. Um, because a lot of times, if you have a bad experience with your earthly father, um, it can really take a lot of extra work for you to 
know or understand or grasp the depth of your Heavenly Father's love for you as his child. Um, so, you know, one of the things with our boys is I'm always trying to show them as much compassion as I possibly can and kind of try to imagine what it's like to be in their shoes, um, to be in their little bodies, to have their limited view of the world and why they respond emotionally the way that they respond, why they get angry. Um, and, and then, you know, when, when we're disciplining them, trying to remind them, because this is one of the things Jasmine brought this up in the podcast, our son is always like, um, uh, after we have a talk or after he does something wrong, do you still love me, son? There is nothing you can ever do to make me stop loving you. I will always love you. And as he's gotten older, because he's repeatedly hearing that from both of us and we're reminding him of that, um, he's, he's really beginning to grasp it, even as a four-year-old. Um, so it's really been beautiful to just kind of watch the Lord shape his heart through us simply trying to uh, be as transparent, but also trying to repent. And when it comes to him navigating the, the cross-cultural world that we live in, um, I, I think the best thing that I can do for him on a holistic level, because he's going to face so many different types of unique challenges and situations, is to prepare his little heart and his little mind uh, to be able uh, to know that his identity is in Christ. Um, and, and what, that, what I mean by that is, uh, I want to equip him to be able to navigate those situations, uh, so that he does not blow them out of proportion and think that, uh, man, this just means that the world is going to be hard and, and life is always going to be hard. Um, but also, uh, that he doesn't suppress them and actually deal with them. Um, and, and assume that, well, you know, that, that didn't really hurt my feelings. Now I want you to be in touch with your emotions as a young man. Um, and I want you to be able to navigate that in healthy ways uh, using the scriptures. Um, and then I want him to know that he can always come and talk to us uh, as he's navigating those things. So, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. You talk about that in the book, I believe, too, like learning that it's okay to be angry mm-hmm. and learning how to express that in constructive ways. Um, how, how, how did you learn those things? Um, how, how did you learn to... Uh, to be angry and express it, and how, then how do you teach that to your to your children? E- either either one of you. Yeah, similar to Philip, um, I didn't really. Um, we always joke. I didn't know that I had an anger problem until we got, we got married. You you didn't really know. I mean, honestly, to, he just brought out he just brought out things in me that I was like, what the, <laughs> what is this? I'm really mad. Um, and it wasn't so much that he brought them out as that he made it a safe place for me to express feelings that I had not felt safe as a pastor's kid living in a fishbowl to express and I had to then deal with those feelings that I had never really been able to express and I had to learn how to deal with those feelings that I'd never been able to express and um, lots of therapy lots of reading lots of conversation um, and yeah it's just a constant thing that I'm navigating we look back now and they'll be like hey remember when we used to fight and you stop I'm like don't <laughs> don't talk don't bring that up <laughs> but um yeah, I've just seen God's hand in the more that I've been able to identify anger and hurt that I had suppressed in my past. And again, I know lots of pastor's kids can 
relate to that. Mm -hmm. Um, The more I've been able to navigate anger and hurt in my present. Yeah. What a compliment to you as a husband that you're a safe place for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, wow. You said that you uh, were, that your dad was um, not in the home when you grew up. Um, I, uh, I am a single parent and, um, my husband died when my kids were um, 9, 12, and 13. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, God, God is, thank you. Um, but God has, God has really been a father. Um, but I would love to know for um, myself and for single parent listeners, um, what were the things that, was it your mother that, that raised you then? Um, I was raised by a community of women. Community of women. Um, and my, what did they do well? <laughs> you know, that's, that's a really good question um, because oftentimes, especially when I got in college, I was so focused on what I had missed out on. Uh, it really wasn't until I got married and had kids that I realized, like, the things that they did well uh, and the things that I'm still grateful for to this day. I mean, we have a really good relationship uh, with my family. My, my mom has my boys uh, right now. Um, you know, a few things that stand out to me. I was raised by my uh, grandmother primarily uh, until I was 12 years old. Um, my mom uh, lived with us for most of that time. Uh, and, and then, you know, um, she uh, moved and lived behind, like on the street right behind us. So, you know, I would run from her yard to my grandmother's yard and vice versa. Uh, and then I had aunts that stayed right up the street. So I would run up there. Um, but when I think about my grandmother, my grandmother um, read her Bible every single morning. Um, she had the same Bible for probably 25 years, um, and we just had to buy her a new one like two years ago, and that thing was like <laughs> broken. And my grandmother has an eighth grade education. When my grandmother prayed at night, talking about somebody who prayed for a long time, she, she, I'm, and, and I kid you not, um, to that this day. That says a lot coming from Philip because he prays for a long. <laughs> like, she, she, she prayed like those Reformed Baptists, like prayers where they, they stand up there and they're 25 minutes in. Um, and, and I saw this. I was in church every single Sunday. Uh, we didn't miss Bible study, choir rehearsal. Uh, church was a huge part of our life. Um, one of the other things, though, that I can say just about my family, uh, and that's the same thing for my mom as well. So my, I didn't have – it's not like my grandmother was taking me to church. My mom didn't go to church. Like, my whole family, we were always Everybody. in church. Everybody uh, was always in church. Um, and, and I think the things that they did well was they did give me a safe place to express myself. I never felt like I had a voice, even – even at, a, at an early age, um, I I could speak up. I, I was never. I never felt like I was um, neutered, um, if you will, as a, as a boy. Um, they they respected me as a man, um, put and, and put me in my place if I if I got too out of line. But um, I never felt like I didn't have a voice in the conversation. Um, I felt like I could express myself. I could, I felt like I could say why I was angry. Uh, why I was upset, and it was a conversation. Um, I always felt like, too, that if one of them was being unreasonable, I can go to the other one, um, and, and they'd be willing to um, uh, 
respect the other because we're all very close knit. So that's why I knew it was a safe place. I never felt like I was like, you know, stabbing my mom in the back if I went to my one of my aunts and talked to them about it. And and it was it was we're just super super close. Um, and we you know, offenses and stuff like that may happen. People may get upset, but. A day or two later, we're right back at the dinner table with each other um, eating. And it, it was just a beautiful uh, thing. And that relationship, that same relationship is still strong today. Uh, my grandmother now lives with one of my aunts, um, and she's 92 years old. Um, and, and they all take turns going over, taking care of her. She can't even walk anymore. Uh, we were just over there the other day, and they have to lift her up in this thing and kind of uh, carry her. Uh, from the kitchen to the bedroom and all that, but they all help. Uh, I jokingly told uh, my grandmother, I was like, "Grandmother, you have some good, you have some good daughters." I was like, "Because the last place you want to be, you know, at this time is in a uh, nursing home, uh, especially during COVID-19." I was like, "But I was like, it may, it may have helped." But I told them that if they put you in the nursing home, I'm putting them in the nursing yeah. home. <laughs> <laughs> Hold that thread over there. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That's that's a really amazing thing to have family like that. That's that's, and my hope for single parents because um, I believe a quarter of the children in the United States are growing up in single parent homes now is the most recent statistic that I've seen. And my hope is that in cases where there aren't actual relations that you know family members that can come mm-hmm. um, yeah. be what your family has been for you. Uh, and it sounds like you had the church too, but but my hope is that the church would be that kind of family mm-hmm. to single parent. You know, now people move so much and they're yeah. away from their their biological family. Yep. And, and um, you know, my uh, my hope is that that we can help the church to um, to be that kind of family that you have. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank y'all so much for being with us. I've really enjoyed this conversation. And, uh, and I really commend to anyone who's listening to read Mother to Son um, because I think you will learn um, a tremendous amount of what it's like to walk in the shoes of a mother who loves her son and a mother of color who, who is uh, raising boys that she, she loves tremendously. Um, I hope that you guys have a good rest of the conference. Thank and you. Uh, it was really enjoyable to be with you. Absolutely. Thanks so much. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Rooted Parent. If you found this podcast helpful or encouraging, we'd appreciate your help in bringing this grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated content to others who might also benefit. Help us serve others by sharing this resource on social media, by leaving five-star feedback, or simply by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. For more grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated resources, be sure to visit www.rootedministry.com. As always, special thanks to High Street Hymns for the music featured on this episode. This podcast is made available to you by Rooted Ministry for educational purposes only, not to provide specific therapeutic advice. The views expressed are the personal perspectives of the authors and do not represent the views of all counselors or of the counseling profession. This podcast does not create a counselor-client relationship and should not be used as a substitute for competent therapeutic counsel from a licensed professional in your state.